Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop, drop, drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Hello and welcome to Drop Your Buffs. This is Survivor Season 41, Episode Number One. Hi, right, everybody. What's up? Welcome. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate. Um, the the joyful noise that you hear is that Survivor tribal music and those beautiful wildlife interludes dotting your TV screen. I'm so happy that we're here. I'm so happy that we're here together. And I just want to say thank you so much for for joining me on this new podcast recap series. I love the community that comes with watching and recapping the show, but I, I, I do feel like you should know some people consider me a mafia pastor. More on that later. Drop Your Buffs by way of the Over Under Achievers is a proud member of the Popcast Media Group where you can find other wonderful shows like the Popcast with Knox and Jamie and the Bible Binge, just so everybody knows, just so everybody's on the same page. Uh, on Thursdays throughout this season, uh, we're going to recap Survivor here, which you're getting literally right now, and then on Fridays, if you're so inclined, I'll be joined by my friends Jason Waterfalls and Andre Three Sacks, and we'll be talking sports, and just a heads up, in tomorrow's episode, Andre makes this huge life announcement we weren't even ready for, so it's very shocking and very hopeful and joyful in that episode uh, as well. And hey, since we're here, I'll just put this out there like an offer to form an alliance. If you want to rate the podcast with five stars and a cool re- uh, review, that would be amazing. But you know what would be even better? Tell people you like the show. Tell people about it. Recommend it to them. Word of mouth is the best way to grow the show. Uh, all right, if you're new to this, uh, it's the first time listening, or if you just have listened forever but you forgot, here's how this is going to work throughout the season. I'm going to start off the, each episode with my opening thoughts. I'm going to tend the fire, as it were, around the campsite of Survivor, and then uh, we'll follow it up with some episodes of Superlatives, and then I'll respond to your questions that you send me. Uh, so what we did, uh, if you weren't there, um, uh, at knoxmccoy.substack.com you can um, just like uh, bookmark that or you can just go ahead and subscribe to the email newsletter list um, I open up a thread every Wednesday night and say hey like any hot takes questions criticisms uh, cries of concern put them here and then I use that for the back half of this episode where uh, you guys kind of chime in and I respond to your uh, immediate reactions on the episode all right so without further ado let's get started with opening thoughts come on in guys um, there's so many things, honestly, to chime in on. And I had so many. My list of, like, stray thoughts is, um, like, 16 pages long in my notes app. So I'm going to try to keep this really trim because you guys also also echoed a lot of that uh, in the community uh, that I want to pull from. But I do feel like it just warrants mentioning how there was so much happening so fast that I feel like maybe some of the more subtly interesting aspects will go um, unobserved just because there are bigger conversations probably that beg to be had here. And the, and the first one that comes to mind is uh, the show's litigation of the phrase, uh, come on in, guys, uh, a mainstay uh, of, of Survivor, a mainstay of the institution of Survivor, something we say around our house in the very Jeff Probstian tone. Um, you know, I, I think probably... One of the things I've always said about reality TV um, is that it reflects, uh, you know, it reflects society and culture in a funhouse mirror sort of way. It, it, it takes what's happening in culture and kind of kind of refracts it or reflects it back to us. I don't know which word is appropriate, but you know what I'm going for. It sends us back to us. When you watch TV shows like The Bachelor, normally that's more that's more carnival mirror than actual like reality. But I think Survivor's always done a good job of really reflecting what's going on out there in the world. And I think so. The idea that they are going to relitigate this uh, this phrase, this iconic phrase that Jeff always used, come on in guys, when, you know, when you break down the verbiage of that statement, that's clearly, you know, uh, it's, um, it's geared more towards uh, the masculine, right? So um, I, I thought it was interesting that we led with this. I think, you know, to me, look, 
Is that one of my favorite things uh, to call out, like uh, in tandem with Jeff? Sure. Um, I think there's probably some people who are like, about time. I think there's probably some people who are like, really, are we going to do it here? To me, it's like, look, it's not important enough to, uh, it's not it's not an important enough hill to die on if it makes somebody feel weird, right? So um, in that respect, it's like, okay, let's, let's amend it. I think it probably feels like a bigger deal than it actually is. And I think... Um, you know, I one of the things I really appreciate about Survivor is about it's it's uh, it's focused on inclusivity, and I do think there are some shows, there are some companies, there are some corporations who um, are taking the temperature in society and culture right now, and they're saying, how can we um, ride this wave? How can we monetize this? How can we project a certain image about ourselves? Um, maybe that's CBS and Survivor right now. I, I don't think it is. I do think there's a there's a real uh, intentional pursuit to try to explore more diverse worldviews, to try to explore different stories, um, just because that's a good thing to do. It's good to get different stories and different people. And in terms of a content factory, you don't want just a bunch, you don't want like 20 uh, guys named Chad Bradson. And there's like, that's just not good um, in terms of content, but it's also just like a not good way to do business and say what you want. I just don't think like uh, banging the, the floor about having guys in on come out and guys, like it's just not a hill to die on, you know, because if it just, if it even leaves a couple people feeling unincluded, like what's uh, then why do that? You know, like why, why aren't we trying to bring more people into the fold? You know, I, and I'll be honest, like I'll be completely vulnerable or not vulnerable. I'll just be completely transparent. You know, when we, uh, in our, in our podcast script, we use guys a lot. And I've wondered, like, is this bad? Like, am I making people feel bad about themselves? And I haven't done a great job because at the end, I always try to not include guys. But at the beginning, I always end up including guys. And I don't know why. And I'm trying to get better at that. Just because, And it's the same thing. It's like, who cares, right? Who, who, is, um, who is the person that listens to the show because I, I use guys versus I just use like a, like a, a more inclusive term? I, I don't know that anyone's going to get that upset about it. But if it means someone feeling more included, well, I think, that's, I think it's always better to defer on the side of making more people feel included than less people. So all that said, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I don't know if it washed over you or if it was just like uh, right off your back. But it's like, I, if nothing else, okay, if it, if it really riled you up and it made you mad, and if the first little bit of exploring these people's backstories, if you were like, I just feel like a certain agenda is being crammed on my throat. And I know that's a certain contingent of the internet who felt like that. I would just say, I don't think it's being crammed on your throat. I think it's just you've been used to a certain kind of player and a certain kind of contestant and a certain kind of person on TV. So when you're not getting that um, and when you're not getting that uh, in r maybe rapid succession on a certain season uh, or episode of TV, I don't think it's that it's getting crammed on your throat. I just think you're not used to seeing it maybe at this kind of frequency that you're getting right now. So, you know, I think hopefully more than anything, um, which is what this is what happened in our house, too. Maybe it, it was just a great moment to uh, consider yourself and be like, does this matter to me? Do I care about this? And if I do, why do I care about that? I appreciate more than anything, and I think I cut this thought off and I'm trying to revive it. More than anything, I appreciate the survivors trying to dive in and tackle that question and try to wrestle with it a little bit. Whether you think they landed on the right uh, form of the answer, I don't, whatever. Uh, that doesn't matter to me as much as I appreciate a show that's willing to try to get better authentically and not just because it's the temperature of the room right now. All right, next straight thought. This is more, this is a, a little more general and broad, but it feels like in, in terms of what we saw last night and in terms of the gameplay in the episode, it feels like we are just requ required to stay broad with this. Uh, I really like the pace. I really like the um, the rapidity which, which, w with which the game goes now. I think um, 
you know, obviously we talked about, I talked about a little bit in the preview of how is the compressed timeline going to affect gameplay. And obviously it is. And obviously we are seeing that. Um, and I think, you know, um, I liked it in terms of uh, an action-packed episode. Uh, because we hit the ground running, everything's going, we get two tribal councils, all those are good things. The only concern I have is, are we going to get addicted to a certain kind of pacing? And once you start that pacing, you cannot unring that bell. Um, that would be my concern, but it feels like that's where the show's wanting to go anyway. So I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I do think uh, in terms of adapting and evolving to meet the needs and the requirements, the sensory requirements of the modern culture, I think moving faster is not a bad thing. You know, I think uh, maybe some professional sports looking at you baseball could learn a thing or two from that of being like, oh, okay, um, maybe it's not great that our game sometimes lasts four hours. You know, maybe Gen Z is just like not into that. And so I like, in terms of that, I, I, I like the ability to speed up the game with respect to the game but also not just feeling like they're speeding it up for the sake of speeding it up. Does that make sense? It felt like this was, uh, maybe it's a little more complicated and maybe there's some nuances to kind of negotiate a little bit, but I would say for what I saw in this episode in terms of taking people to islands and making them make choices, I like making, forcing people into decisions versus seeing a bunch of uh, middle-aged dudes in their banana hammocks, you know, like trying to catch a crab or like trying not to get sunburned or something. I appreciate um, the uh, expediency of some of those things. And I think I think that teases out more strategic opportunities. And that's what I thought the, the real win of this episode was, was you could tell the game uh, was afoot very quickly, but more than anything, you saw people have to deal with strategy issues. And I, I really appreciated that. And people... Um, uh, had a, a little bit more, not just like survivor uh, intellect, but more like strategic acuity than I would have had. I, like, honestly, I, I, I guess a prerequisite of joining Survivor or being on, cast on the show is to understand the prisoner's dilemma, which I didn't know that. I mean, everyone just acted like that was, you know, like, uh, I don't know, just a very, like, a Sesame Street reference, like, everyone should get. But I was like, I'm going to need to Wikipedia this really quick because I'm not sure what's happening here. So um, I was a fan of that. I, I, I do worry about the pace, though, and we're going to get addicted to this high-stakes gameplay. Um, but if you're, if, you're, if you're saying, hey, man, do you prefer... Do you remember the fire tokens and having to read like Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations to or Wealth of Nation or whatever it's called to uh, understand uh, the ramifications of a new currency into the gameplay? I didn't like that. Right. And I didn't I didn't like peeping Boston Rob and uh, Voyeur Sandra. I didn't like that. Uh, that didn't make any sense. But this feels like it is a nice um, um, not an oversimplification, an undersimplification of the importance of strategy in the game and how uh, it's really dramatically uh, appealing to the eye and to the ear and to the soul. Just to watch people have to make um, uh, strategic decisions in succession instead of maybe just like one choice per episode about who they're going to vote out. I really, I thought that was really nice and I really enjoyed that. Uh, to that point, I'll do another straight thought here. I think the earn your stuff um, wrinkle uh, of the gameplay, I, I thought it was fast. I love the smaller tribes. I think that's great um, because I think it, uh, it allows less people to hide, you know, and I think earning Flint or earning uh, a machete, which you guys, if you are a big machete head like I am, um, this was this was kind of like machete ASMR because the amount of times now, look, people weren't saying uh, machete the correct way. They were saying machete, which is just a stupid way to say it. Honestly, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's a very stupid way to say it. You sound like an idiot. You sound like a honestly, you sound like a weapons tourist when you're saying stuff like that. And it's just really discouraging. I'm not going to hold that against anybody because they don't know better. So they don't do better or whatever. Um, but hopefully they will get better at that. But just like for 
um, you know, uh, just the we're, we're close. We're on the final frontier of like really learning and normalizing machete uh, content. And I thought that was, this was a great episode for me personally. So I really like that. But I like all that stuff of you're not just given like a hammock and, um, you know, like pickleball or whatever um, to play. Like you got to earn every single bit of that. I think it ratcheted up the urgency. Um and by extension, it ratchets up the tension because when one of your teammates didn't realize there's another puzzle piece in the bag, um, that's really frustrating because that's not just like you didn't get to eat the Applebee's fancy like meal. Um, that means you don't have fire tonight and you're going to get like hypothermia. So I, you know, I'm not pro hypothermia, but I am pro ratcheting up tension, which I thought that did really well at. Um, let me do so my last straight thought before we move on to superlatives I'll do this is just like a, a broad overlook at like some of the players that I was really impressed with and I liked um, I liked uh, Danny a lot I liked Evie a lot I didn't think I was gonna like Evie but I really liked Evie she has um, big Cochran vibes to me and also I can't remember the guy's name but he's the one who he was like a nuclear physicist or something and the, the only remarkable thing i remember about him is um he filibustered during like a uh, endurance challenge and talked to jeff probes for like four hours about something and ended up winning he was a real nerdy looking guy but um i like her a lot i, I love specifically her use of hand gestures because i love i think i'm a person who doesn't use hand gestures correctly and they're very um almost it looks like i'm like a like a bird flying south for the winter and that's kind of what i got from her too so game recognized game bad hand gesture game recognized bad hand gesture game do you know what I mean? But also, like, the fact that she's a, I think as she said, a Harvard PhD candidate about evolutionary biology, that's wild. Uh, she's really smart. Sometimes I think you get too smart, you know, because I think um, when you're talking, like, I would have loved to see Evie talk to Abraham because I just feel like they were on different wavelengths altogether because Abraham, I felt like he kept um, pitching me on, like, why um, I should install his ADT security system in my home. Um, he wasn't, like, really human at all. I think that's what led to him being voted off. Um, and honestly, you guys, like, just know for the audio, I'm finding myself doing hand gestures as I'm talking to you, and they are not great either. I can I can draw back and be objective about that. It's very there's a lot of like uh, I don't know w like wide sweeping, almost like I'm 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 trying to wave someone home uh, on a double, you know, like for the game winning run or whatever. So that's a that's a note to me to get better at that. But I think the most interesting thing is I didn't really uh, dislike anybody. You know, there wasn't anybody that was like that person super sucks and they got to get out of here. I thought everybody like brought reasonable points. Um, I thought you know there are some obvious. Uh, candidates for villainy probably but even you know i had uh just like you know straight up i had uh voce like dave uh dr voce or whatever i had him earmarked just because he has a villain look but i thought he was pretty reasonable but i can see how he would be um very unappealing socially and i would like to say if you like me gambled on the over of neurosurgeon references it was set at two and a half and i think i counted 58 so um you're going to cash that check tonight so congratulations to you um but i it's a pretty likable cast you know i I think um, it's almost like the um, in, the expediency and the increasing of intensity and strategic gameplay. It is not allowed so much to, like the undesirable personalities to proliferate and to present themselves uh, as obvious uh, as obviously to uh, not just each other but also to the audience at home. And I think that's a good thing because I kind of like you know. I like a slow burn of like, oh, I guess they suck instead of, because I, honestly, I thought um, the way Ricard handled the vote out um, in his tribe, I thought he kind of sucks, honestly. And I thought, you know, I, just, I, I also thought Jeannie was going to get voted out first, but she um, did not, obviously. Um, and I also super like her. And I, I think everyone else likes her, but I didn't like how she wasn't looped into her um, uh, tribe's vote. 
because it's always super embarrassing when uh, you're the person who votes like the person who's not even in contention here. I feel like that's not a great sign for her. But I thought I like her taste because I think she was also like, why are we keeping Ricard around? Because he's kind of um, shady and he's kind of like always uh, stirring up trouble and stirring up dissension for people. So um, I liked a lot of that. I I think probably the people I like the most um, was Evie. I like um, I, man, I like Xander. Just to just to watch him as like a scientist watches a test subject, you know what I mean? Like the the Walmart Chalamet version of him, the philosopher, um, the General Patton 2.0, you know, the Gen Z Patton or whatever. I, like I, I like all, everything he's bringing to the table. I don't even know if he's a real person. You could talk me into he's like a he's like a, a AI or he's some kind of algorithm in a person's body that CBS is trying out or whatever. Or it's like a Young Sheldon situation where maybe he's like it's going to be revealed that he's a distant relative to young Sheldon but he's also smart honestly I haven't seen young young Sheldon so I don't really know what that story is about but I feel like that's a that's an easy pathway that we could use plot wise or story wise um I also I like Shan um I like I, I I think I, I the show wants me to like JD and I want to like JD um I don't like JD because I think there's a performance to him that it's 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 similar to when a young person just doesn't know who they are yet, but they are presenting like they 100% know who they are. And that's no shade to young people. It's just, you don't have like the, the really just life hasn't like, um, you know, devastated you and like broken you enough to where like you really understand who you are. You're still hopeful and you're still optimistic in, in presenting who you want to be to the world. And that is, um, that is why JD is a little grating, I think, because there's a little uh, emotional try hardness to him that I don't love. Um, but I can see how he, like at Emerge, he would do really well because I think he um, passively uh, is very charismatic and I would like him a lot. But if I had to be stuck on an island with him for five days, I would probably be about to murder him. So I think I understand a little bit of that tension. If anybody has a hidden immunity idol and you want to play it, now would be the time to do so. Hey, Jeff. Hold up, bro. I just always wanted to say that. Okay. All right, let's move on to hidden immunity idols. And these are just kind of like underrated, low-key aspects of the episode that I want to call attention to. Um, first up, I would, you know, this isn't like super low-key because I feel like a lot of people are talking about it. And I think we even alluded to in the preview episode, Jeff Probst's appearance is on the critical table and deserves the critical lens. Now, again, I'm a, I'm a an avowed Survivor fan and lover of all things Survivor, so I'm not going to be critical. I would say, if I was going to be critical, I would say um, I would maybe go at him in a cosmetic angle of like do um you know do foreheads look like that in 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 god's nature i i don't know you know do um do the deep crevasses of his deep dimples do they exist in nature i also don't know that um his wall of hair that we had, that we talked about but the thing i really want to point out and i don't think this has been surgically enhanced and if it has god help him but i think my man jeff has the most amazing calves that I've ever seen in the world. And I'm not a big calves guy. I'm not a big foot guy. That's not my speed. You know, I know other people love that. That's not me. I'm just like a whole wholesale kind of guy. I'm just kind of like sizing dudes up like that, you know, and I just take them for who they want to present to me. Um, but, you know, when it's it's when you can really deduce and like uh, understand who someone is, is when like they're not posing for you or they're not looking to, like to impress you. And we got some of the, it was almost like the drone shots of Jeff um, really like giving the yellow team uh, the business because they couldn't find an ore, which sidebar, uh, footnote, 
somebody hid that ore, right? Because Jeff was like, all the ores are in the right place. And then this ore was hidden in like, it almost looked like a yellow snuffleupagus of, of, of feathers and boa or something in a remote part of the boat. I want to get, I want to get the, uh, uh, all 20, uh, two of that footage of who did that because that's devious. And I, w- I would love to attribute, um, success to that person. But, um, so it was like, you know, showing him from the back and like zooming around and he, he wasn't even like on his tippy toes, you know, he wasn't even doing like calf exercises or he wasn't exerting himself in a strenuous way, but those calves were crackalacking. They were popping. There was, there was a little, some light vein footage, but not like, um, you definitely do like anabolic steroids, um, veins popping out. It was just, it was really impressive. And I want to know like what his cardio regimen is because my man is getting that exercise in. Um, another, uh, hidden immunity idol I wanted to give was literally like the hidden immunity idol that Jeff, we start off with Jeff and he hides. And later that comes into play. I think with Tiffany, I think is her name, trying to look for a hidden immunity idol, but couldn't find the hidden immunity idol. And it was like right next to her face. I love that. I love that they didn't pay that off. They will later, but they didn't pay it off right now. Um, you know, I also, I'll toss in a hidden immunity idol. I loved Jeannie's background story about her mom like about her coming out and assuming like she was going to be cast away from her family forever and her mom just loving her i just that's heartwarming to me i love stuff like that and that's the way look i'm you know i'm I'm a cynical sob just like the just like the next guy so i know that the producers are casting people with they're looking at the whole like the holistic view of this contestant what they bring to the table what kind of tension can they cultivate what's their backstory um and i know reality tv shows uh do the trauma pedal i just know they do that they are looking for people with sad backstories so um but the idea that they were focusing on this really hopeful thing that was great i, I just love that and i thought i thought that's the power of television that's the power of movies is um a way of uh talking to someone and normalizing certain things for people who maybe have haven't had that exposure before and just being able to not talk about how awful this thing was, but how this thing that could have been bad and uh, contentious and awful, it was beautiful because this mother was so good to her daughter. I just, I loved it so much. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I just really liked, you know, I think in, in maybe this is like a, like a footnote, uh, uh, hidden immunity idol. Um, but I, I, you know, the, um, uh, real life footage, you know, of like, uh, Brad working on the farm or whatever. Um, even though they undercut it with his dad got cancer and died, like I didn't love that, but, um, I didn't hate that. You know, they do this on the bachelor and the bachelorette where, well, at least before COVID they did where they will like visit the person's hometown and like, see what they're up to and like, you know, see what their Starbucks order is and like how they treat waiters or whatever, or, you know, their CrossFit routine or stuff like that. Um, I, I think I've really wrestled with this and you could convince me otherwise, but, um, part of me, I've liked, you know, these people being presented to us on an Island, almost like the kids from Willy Wonka, where we don't know much of them. We don't know their backstory. We don't know like what their room looks like, um, or what kind of neighborhood they live in. We just know what they do here with us. And there's something nice about that. And there's not something almost, um, sacred about that of just like, we are, um, not predisposed to like or dislike somebody because of what we already know about them. But I also, I think I have missed the normalization of, um, like grounding these people into who they, in some kind of reality, right? So we're just kind of left to the reality of the show where I think some people have been cast as villains who actually like are really good people. And they just like, it was a weird edit or a weird interaction and it went the wrong way. I would be in favor of getting more like maybe honestly, I would love a preview episode of like the, um, before the first episode of getting one where we just meet some of the people. And I know there's stuff like that online, but, um, I, w- I want to know what people are like. I want to know, um, uh, I don't know. I think you can always learn a little bit about people, um, in an authentic way. Um, but also just get a little bit of context on people. So I could go either way. I didn't hate it in this episode though. 
All right, last hidden immunity idol. I'm going to give it to two uh, players who really didn't they didn't factor into like the end game of the uh, episode and like the tribals or whatever. But I thought I was really interested with both of them. The first one is Nasir. Um, I I really like Nasir. I like his story. Um, I also I don't know what the show is going to do with him though because uh, so Dwayne and Danny um, they're doing their water. They're also looking for the hidden immunity idol. Nasir looks at that, sees that, and tells the other cast members about that. Dwayne and Danny. I mean, really, just Dwayne gets pissed about this, even though they were dead to rights. Uh, they were looking for that. Um, I don't know how it's going to factor into Nasir's game, but I appreciate how he was like, we're not going to talk strategy, but then like they kind of crossed us. So we are going to talk tra- strategy now. I'm going to tell you guys what these dudes did. Um, more than anything though, I appreciate a man who can go down a climbing wall and hit the ground. Honest to God, honest to God, like a dead body. He hit the ground so hard, like a corpse and he led with his face. He did not lead with his thighs or his stomach or his uh, butt. It was forehead, uh, braced for impact, and he got right back up. So kudos to him. Credit to him this year. Uh, you're my dude. Uh, you win uh, the hidden immunity offer this episode. I'm also going to toss in Sydney. Um, Sydney didn't have much to do. I really like her though. I think she's very interesting. She is a great interview, and I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know if she just didn't have much to do in this because her tribe wasn't like on the chopping block or whatever, or um, if she's not. Uh, great socially, um, but I'm really interested in her game because I think I think I had more because I think in the last episode I talked about Erica I believe like was one of my favorites and she's still great and I like her. Um, there is a tone of voice that she has that I feel like I am uh, I've just picked up a phone call with a telemarketer and they're trying to sell me or get me extend my car's warranty um, even though I just turned my car in and like why would you be calling me because you should know that surely. Uh, anyways, I I feel like Sydney is the player I wanted Erica to be. Um, I still like Erica and I trust Erica and I think she's smart and savvy in certain ways that she. Showed, but um, Sydney, I think, could be a really like a almost like a poor woman's parvity, you know, just like very um, charismatic, almost like women want to be friends, women and men both like want to be friends with her, and I think that that's a very powerful thing to have uh, in this game. So I think she's one to that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on to see what she does with uh, with uh, the charisma she seems to be bringing to the game. Here's what's at stake for the winner: new Chevy Trailblazer. Not a bad truck, and if Brian knew how to spell road trip, he'd already own one. All right, before we do uh, your questions and comments on the episode, uh, let me do Biggest Sale. I'm going to give this, this feels obvious, and I feel like I'm, I'm kind of uh, punting a little bit, but I feel like it's it's actually, it is what it is, and it's a uh, uh, Biggest Sale goes to Abraham and Sarah. Just first voted off sucks. I think the only mitigating factor is... Um, you guys got voted off together, like at the same time. So it's not just like Abraham just got voted off or Sarah got voted off. Sarah, honestly, um, you seemed great, but you cried very early, and that's just too early to cry. And Abraham, you just you didn't talk to people like they were people. Um, it was like you were delegating or like you were um, trying to convince them to buy into Amway or something. And I just I felt like there was a human remoteness to it. I, I did feel like both were mistakes. I did feel like um, both choices were mistakes, and I think they will come back. Especially Abraham's, I think that'll come back to haunt um, that tribe. But um, man, to get voted off first that's got to be a sucker punch because uh, all this time and you've waited and everything and then you're first off and it didn't even and honestly I, I think Abraham probably deserves the L the most because he said uh, quote I didn't see that blindside coming and Abraham I don't know if you've read about blindsides but that is the point of a blindside is it you don't see it coming that's how it works like that so um, I just feel like maybe he wasn't mentally um, and emotionally and strategically prepared to play this game. Um, and Sarah, I think if you were just going to like cry a lot, no one wants to see that. So this is probably a mercy kill. So uh, big L's to both of those players, um, but I do wish them luck and I do hope for good things for them. Natalie, is there any way I could have your jacket? Natalie? Natalie? Travis spoken. 
Thank you, Joe. Natalie. All right, and now I'm going to address some QTFs. Uh, these are questions, thoughts, and feelings that you guys laid out um, over at our Substack community. Again, that's knoxmccoy.substack.com. Uh, I post a thread every Wednesday night. And you guys, i got to be honest with you, um, I didn't know how this was going to go, um, but you guys showed up, and the interaction and the comments were amazing, and I so appreciate everybody who showed up there. But even if you're just like, you're like hey, bro, I'm not going to leave a question, a thought, or a feeling, I think that's stupid. Um, if you just kind of want a place to decompress from the episode, there's some really insightful stuff, and I feel like it's the uh, it's the beginning of a really cool community. So um, uh, hats off to everybody who showed up, and I would just like to extend you know uh, a formal invitation. If you want to you know ask a friend or bring somebody or find some cool survivor uh, adjacent people, this is a great place to do it. Um, so I'm gonna go through here and just kind of buzz through some of the comments and questions that you guys laid out uh, in that community. All right, first up. Austin C says, uh, I've missed how fast Jeff can go from supportive father to drunken Cubs fan when narrating the challenges. This is incredible. This isn't a question, Austin. This is a comment, but that's okay because this is a great comment. And look, I I forgot um, about the re- return of like belligerent, bellicose Jeff. Um, but you know what the thing is? It's not without reason, right? Like the, the yellow team they didn't get off the boat guys like they didn't even get off the boat so they needed to be harangued and harassed for that so kudos to him and I also liked I guess it was the blue team that screwed it up like Dwayne screwing up that um, bag of puzzle pieces it didn't come into play because they ended up winning the challenge but that could have been a huge deal but I like that you know he punished them with harsh words but then he rewarded them when they hustled back in so I like he's just like a benevolent father figure to me and I love um, the um, uh, the variety of multitudes that he can hold both in support, but also uh, in unabashed uh, criticism of the efforts of the players. Uh, next up, Shelby uh, has a question. And Shelby, if it feels like I'm, I'm avoiding your last name, it's because I am, because I don't know how to pronounce it. And I, I think just a cautious avoidance is better than uh, a mangling of your last name. So uh, apologies to you on that. Um, she says, how long do you think they spent on Jeff's makeup? Because it's a all caps lot. Uh, is it because he's getting older? Did he get Botox? Um, so he definitely got Botox. I'm not a uh, expert on Botox, but uh, it's just, if it looks and smells like Botox, it's Botox. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of other like suppositional uh, or supportive supplementary commentary about Jeff's appearance. Um, and again, I'm not here to, to uh, discuss his appearance or be negative in any way, but I will say he is aging like a Kardashian, which is a very specific thing. Does that make sense? Like, uh, it's not saying he's uh, unblemished, um, but he's very... Um, I don't know. He just feels airbrushed in real life. Um, and, you know, kudos to him. Like, I, I think the the, his, the dimples on his face are like Kim's uh, butt, you know. And th- do they a- a- appear and occur in nature? No, but they're here and we just got to contend with it and we got to deal with it. Um, and I think, you know, as we go along, his appearance, like almost he kind of looks like a Batman villain, to be honest. I know that sounds a little negative and I hear it, but I'm not going to retract that because he does. Um, but I think we'll start to get used to it as we go. Sorry. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm, I'm hold on. Okay. Let me check myself because maybe the Botox isn't working. <laughs> it seems weird that I would make a reaction to you saying it feels like a new home. That seems like an ordinary comment to make. Oh, yeah, you just look really intense. Okay, well, that's just me. Okay. Um, Ashley Ward brings up that uh, Dwayne uh, commenting that carrying buckets of water 
um, said he it was quote the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, that um, even if that's true, Dwayne, um, I just wouldn't say that. You know what I mean? There's a there's a whole um, class in uh, phylum of comments to make that may be true, that may be objectively, authentically true, but that doesn't mean you need to say them. Sometimes you just you keep that in your uh, in your trauma pouch and you tuck that away and you never bring it out again. And I would just advise Dwayne to do that. So um, I don't think that bodes well for his future. Um, Samantha C says, do you think having the 18 month gap between season 40 and 41 will be a good thing? Um, I feel like after a big return season, the next one's going to be underwhelming. Um, this is a good question. I think, I think it is actually going to be a good thing. Cause I think sometimes, um, I mean, I know like in, on a baby level and the stuff that we do, like stuff that I do, um, I like the rhythm of just doing work, you know, like I, I enjoy work. I really do. Um, I know when I get a break, I get time to think about stuff. And I, you know, I think I talked about in the preview how, um, Jeff talked about how he can, uh, he consulted with Mike White, former contestant and, uh, uh, creator EP of the white Lotus. And, um, uh, they did some creative stuff. So I think there's, there's going to be a, there'll be a, there will have been an enough margin to make some improvements to the gameplay, but not so much that they over tinker with it. So, um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Katie with the C says, I didn't understand Xander pitching to his tribe that we get an extra vote because when he chose to risk it at the end of his hike, uh, that extra vote is his to use how he pleases. Yeah. I think th- this is gonna be interesting, Katie. And th- I'm glad you brought that up because I had the same thing. And, um, I think, I think his pitch is going to be like, this is ours and we're going to hold this until the merge and we can use this together. Um, ah, I feel like that's a way to be honest um, and forthright, um, but also not feel like a threat, even though like people know that he has that now. I think they'll be more threatened by him. I think he that's that's going a little bit in disarming them. Um, and I think if you're in his alliance, which I don't know who his alliance is. I don't know if they like really identified that or targeted that um, super uh, in depth. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Anyways, just ignore that if it's not true. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was, uh, I don't know. I, I appreciated the way he approached it ver- over JD because I felt like JD felt, even though he was kind of being truthful, he felt very disingenuous. And I think that's why Ricard didn't really like him. Um, let's see. Rachel Hill says, I love live trial the chaos, the panic, last minute decisions. I love it. Yeah, I like when people stand up and start talking. I just don't understand why no one talked to Jeannie. And I don't understand why Jeannie didn't talk to anybody. Like, was she on the front row so she literally didn't know this was happening? Or was she just like, I don't care? Or sometimes, you know, I'm in a situation like I'm at a dinner and if I've really gone hard, like during the appetizers conversationally, you know, by the time we get to the main course, I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I did all the heavy lifting over uh, appetizers, over potato skins. So I'm just going to kind of tap out conversationally and do a lot of listening. Maybe that's where she was at in that moment. Um, but uh, I, oh, I love it. I love whispering. I love people having secrets. I love people trying to talk and do good content to Jeff while maybe their life, their survivor life is being snuffed out, like just to the left. I think it's incredible. Uh, next up, Kev Bo says, uh, in my head, I think the word guys uh, as being gender neutral in a context uh, of a group of people i know that's just how i think of it though and other people feel differently than me about it what's your take on it i kind of covered this a little bit at the top i think i'm, I'm the same uh kev bow and i feel a little awkward calling you kev because i don't know that that's your real name but i'm gonna call you that because that's what you asked me to call you um yeah you know i think i've always thought that but um like I said, if, if there are some people who are like, no, actually, like I feel I always feel excluded when you say that. I don't want that. I don't I don't love that. You know, I, I asked my wife. She's like, I've always thought gender neutral. I thought uh, Evie, I think, was like gender neutral. But um, I, I guess it's a it's a wait and see until I get a more comprehensive like, no, like this is definitively like you're really not being thoughtful about this. Um, I'll probably um, 
I'll probably err on the side of caution, but if everybody, like if in, in the next election, if on the ballot is like, can we use guys as like a gender neutral and everybody votes yes, then I'll, I'll gladly go back to it. So again, at the end of the day, I just want people to feel comfortable and feel accepted. And I don't want anyone to feel sad by the words I choose. So um, that's, uh, I feel like hopefully that's a, that's a good way to go about it, but I'm always open to, uh, to uh, correction. So um, Rachel Hill says, what do you think about mafia pastor, cunning player or little cray cray? Um, I... Rachel, this is a great question. And Shan, I think is her name, Mafia Pastor. I didn't, I think in the preview, I was like, I'm not going to be super impressed with you. I really like her. I think there, I think she, she used a term. I think she said, she talked about how her skill is active listening. And I think that's a great, I, I, I guess I'd never had words to like describe what that is, but her use of that and the intentionality that she's going to employ with that. I thought, I think that's gonna be really good. And I liked how she's in the mix with a lot of people. Um, she's not overtly so uh, like overtly social, like JD, where she feels like a threat or she's instantly on people's radars. Um, I think, you know, it depends on what kind of pastor you're going to get. You know what I mean? You could, if you get like a problematic uh, evangelical pastor, that could be a whole other thing. But if you get just a, I think pastors uh, by nature, pastors are, you know, I don't know, outside of the church context, they're kind of like um, uh, NFL uh, officials or referees. Like when you talk about them for the most part, like out of context, it's in a bad way, you know? And I think there's so many pastors around doing like youth pastors, pastors, ministers of education, ministers to old people. That's not the title, but you know what I'm talking about, um, who do great work and are great people and are wonderful people. And so I think if there's a character or there's a contestant on the show who is a pastor and um, like takes that job seriously, like that's a, that's a really um, advantageous skill set to have and to bring to a situation because you are used to diffusing tension. You are used to welcoming people and making them feel cared for and loved and respected. And uh, honestly, um, I really like the evil music humming that she does. I 100% love that. So I'm all in on her and I hope she goes really far in this game. Uh, next up, Karen Che. Uh, hello, Karen. Thank you for commenting and thank you for being here, the official sugar mama of the podcast media group. Um, she brings up a couple of really good points I want to hit really quick. Um, she asked if I was glad when Danny said paper, rock, scissors instead of the incorrect rock, paper, scissors. Um, I, you know, Karen, I wasn't glad. I just felt like, uh, duh, obviously, this is how um, human beings are supposed to speak of this. Um, she also said uh, uh, season 41 is the season of hair because of Jess hair that we talked about because of Brad, uh, because of JD and because of Ricard. Uh, she alleges that there's a lot of hair diversity. You're exactly right. I love it. I love all the different flows, all the different, like, I think David's hair, there's like a, there's a, a height to it that I don't understand, you know, it doesn't feel natural. Uh, frankly, it feels a little supernatural, um, but I'm here for it. And I love all the different, uh, we, we recognize and accept all forms of hair. So I'm really excited to be, um, uh, in the midst of all these, uh, Titanic hairstyles. All right, next question. This is again from Rachel Hill. She says, I know that historically pro sports players have not fared well in this game, but Danny seems like he could go far. What do you think? I 100% agree with you because um, he seems like a really good hang, seems like a hard worker. Um, the only the only problem, it's not anything of his personality. It's not anything of his choices or strategy. Uh, even though looking for a hidden immunity idol while you're supposed to be doing a water, ch- I, I, that was a weird move. Um, I think he's going to scare some people with his uh, physicality. And just because the, the really physical, athletic, uh, uh, challenge threats, people get freaked out and they want to they want to gun for those uh, contestants earlier than usual. So that's the only threat. But otherwise, I really liked him too. Uh, Jack asks, uh, is Xander a genius or a total moron? I cannot get a read on him. Um, also digging the more casual behind the scenes vibe. I, I, I think I mentioned this, but I, I really like the behind the scenes vibe. I like the director and the producer stuff. I don't think I like it for the whole season, but I liked it in this episode. Xander, if I had to say, if it was like a, you know, um, uh, a doomsday clock or whatever, I think it would be closer to 
um, uh, closer to genius than total moron, just because there's a savviness, there's a social savviness. I think geniuses uh, and morons, um, it's not about like uh, street smarts or anything like that. It's really about how do they apply that um, in the social realm. And um, I think he, th- there have been really, really smart contestants that just have no social game. Xander feels like he has a really great social game. So I think that's going to be the distinguishing factor uh, for me. Um, and then we'll wrap up here on this last question. This is from Sherry. She says, Voce looks like a Chris Kattan body double. Uh, again, not a question. That's a statement. And it's just 100% right. I don't. It's like a little thicker Chris Kattan. Um, maybe like uh, right before he does like a Mr. Peepers bit or something like that. That's a great call. That's a really great call. Also, his voice does not sound like I thought it would. I think I had it more Bronxy or Jersey-ish. Maybe it's, I think it might be all the 9-11 docs I've been watching and just really thick, like, New York, uh, Jersey accents. But his was, uh, I don't know, it was a little bit more palatable than I assumed. All right, that is going to do it for this initial episode of Drop Your Buffs, uh, recap of the Survivor Season 41 premiere. Again, thank you thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this. Um, uh, so a couple of things I just want to hit on again. Number one, I'm getting this up a little later in the day than I would have liked. We had a little bit more recording, and I had to, for some reason I had to watch – uh, the Incredible Hulk for the Bible binge. It's a long story. Anyways, um, so hopefully these will come out closer to lunch, but this is going to be a little closer to the evening, so I apologize for that. Um, but that's coming out tonight. Tomorrow we'll have an episode of the Over Underachievers uh, where we preview some of the stuff uh, going on football-wise this weekend. Um, and again, the best way to support the show is uh, leave a five-star review um, and a rating. That's amazing. But also the the, the best, best way, um, the double best way, the triple best way, if you will, to help us out, to support the show, to form like an unbreakable alliance um, is to uh, tell people that might like the show. Word of mouth is the best way to help uh, your favorite podcast grow. So uh, if that's if this qualifies, that's cool. If not, just pretend like we never talked about this. As always, I'm your host, Noxia Boy. The podcast recap is spoken, and I will see you next time. Everybody drop your buffs. Drop, drop, drop your buffs. Everybody drop your buffs. Drop, 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 drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody drop your buffs. Drop your buffs.